Fox and B Frank show for the second straight year. Georgia is the national champions in dominating fashion this time. Uh, a small part of me was worried that after how amazing the semifinals were, the championship game would be a little bit of a letdown, not quite as competitive a game. Unfortunately, especially for TCU, that is the way things transpired. Uh, 65 to 7, the final, just complete and utter domination. Georgia is the best team all year. I think it's yeah. the easiest takeaway from this one. Yeah, they, they had that slip up against uh, Missouri where they still won but played like shit, came through in the end, uh, got the win. And then, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this game, but it's, it's really uh, – it goes to show that on their worst day or one of their worst days, Georgia is still better than Ohio State playing arguably their best game. And that's what we saw in the semifinal. Uh, credit to TCU for getting there. Hell of a story, hell of a season altogether. Let's not forget, it was 10-7 to 7 at one point in this game. They had a third and long, I think, for Georgia, and TCU just could not get off the field story of basically the entire game. Uh, the offense really couldn't do anything, and the defense could not get off the field. Uh, Stetson Bennett was phenomenal all game long. Really didn't need the run game, although I think it's something like nine or ten players had rushing attempts in the game for Georgia, and uh, it got out of hand fairly quickly. Yeah, TCU didn't have an answer for Georgia's offense. Uh, didn't really help that there were, you know, repeated blown coverages that were just leaving guys like Lad McConkey with no mm-hmm. one within 20 yards. And then offensively, just no answer for Georgia's pressure. Uh, Max Duggan was was running for his life. A lot of that game. Take yeah. nothing away from TCU's season, even though a lot of people online are trying to do so. Um, I mean, this was, this was a buzzsaw. This kind of... If Georgia was this motivated every game this season, we would have probably seen a similar result. Like what we saw out of the gate against Oregon. Uh, just complete yeah. and utter domination. That Oregon team turned out to be pretty darn good. But towards the middle of the season with Kent State, with Missouri, seemed to be almost a little bored just playing with their food a little bit. But now two titles in a row, starting to throw the word dynasty around. Um, it's like, I mean, Kirby is still as energetic as ever cooking with gas. And I mean, this yeah. is this, this program's all the way back big time. And there, there's so many points there that are important to, to touch on. I think the biggest one is we're talking about a team that has won back-to-back championships, hasn't lost in forever. And people online are trying to dunk on TCU because they lost like this team has beaten so TCU in general has beaten so many good teams. They had a great resume coming into uh, this playoff. They were well deserving of it. It really, it really exposed this game. Exposed all the. Uh, I'd rather see the best teams than the most deserving teams. Take people out there on uh, on Twitter and on the internet in general, which is really disappointing. Because if we do that, then why do we even bother playing the rest of the games? Like we might as well just put Alabama up in there. Put, I mean, if you're going on pure talent and recruit rankings alone, Texas A&M would have been a team that should have been considered uh, one of the best. But yeah, it's uh, you know Georgia is seemingly an unstoppable force at this point. They will lose a lot again this year. 
they're going to reload. <laughs> things things will still be good next year. They're probably going to be the preseason favorite to win the championship. They will probably be preseason number one, if not close to it. And uh, yeah, they continue. They continue to look very, very good. Yeah, there were a lot of people online just kind of, well, not a lot of people, some people. Um, I, I feel like I just happened to see all of them because this is something I am passionate about. I uh, saw a good number of people trying to make the argument that, you know, hey, no one was close to TCU uh, or TCU wasn't close to Georgia. This is why, you know, we shouldn't expand the playoff. Oh, if anything, maybe we get a quote unquote more deserving team or, or team that can be more competitive. Yeah. Georgia in this championship game. Um, so, I mean, if if you're one of those people making the arguments, like, why wasn't Alabama here? Why wasn't Tennessee here? You know, assuming Hendon Hooker was healthy um, or, or any of those other teams, usually seems to skew in the direction of let's get another SEC team in here. But, right. Um, I mean, Ohio State gave Georgia a heck of a game in the semifinals. Like, I don't think expanding the field is going to lessen the challenge um, for mm-hmm you know, a team of Georgia's caliber, if anything, you would presume the cream will rise to the top um, and we can kind of stop having some of these silly debates, but no question TCU earned their playoff spot at uh, the 12 and 0 regular season. They beat uh, what many are calling a good Michigan team in the semifinals. Um, so I don't know. So it's a very, very crummy way for the season to end but yeah everything up to this point uh considering coming into the season with absolutely no expectations like mm-hmm. you have to be thrilled with yeah 100 percent. and it's like watching the mental gymnastics of people being like well alabama should have been there or ohio state is better than tcu it's like well no they, they just are not better they happen to play georgia well we're going we're going back to the texas is good because they lost to alabama by one argument yeah. all over again and it's like, well, that worked out really well. Texas was not back, was not very good this season. Uh, and Ohio State, frankly, was lucky to get in. If Hendon Hooker doesn't get hurt, Tennessee doesn't shit the bed. They're probably the fourth team. So, I don't know. There, there's there's so many if ands, or buts, but at the same time, in that breath, like let's just look at what happened. TCU beat what everyone thought was a very good Michigan team. And if you want to make the argument that TCU didn't deserve, then Michigan – should have actually played football and won the game. <laughs> like, what are what are we arguing about here? It's not like it's not like TCU was the number four team that got into the semifinal and then got smoked by Georgia. They won a semifinal, won to the championship, and just happened to run into one of the best teams we've seen in the last twenty years. Yeah, um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how uh, both teams follow it up. It'll presumably be a lot harder for TCU to reload than it will be for Georgia at this point. Seems like Kirby's mm-hmm. really got the machine rolling, but we've got a, a long off season. We've got a little over a week of uh, transfer portal um, signings, early signing period. Mm-hmm. All that drama just adds another wrinkle to the, the college football off season. And then uh, before you know it, we'll be back in, in preseason mode yelling about uh, the polls that shouldn't exist, but do so. Yes. Looking forward to that. Age-old tradition. So moving over to college basketball, um, things are happening. Um, I I have thoughts about certain teams, but I want to start on a positive side um, with 
another like TCU Big 12 team, not a lot of expectations coming into the season, but mm-hmm. have greatly outperformed them. Once again, underscoring how great the league is, Kansas State um, going from unranked to now 11th in this uh, week's AP poll. I really, really hope they don't pull in New Mexico and lose to Oklahoma State as we're recording this. Um, but I, I think they have they have played well enough this season um, to merit a mention. Uh, I mean, the the offense has been spectacular. Um, you know, a 3-0 start in league play, beating West Virginia, road wins at Texas where the offense was humming, 116 points, and at Baylor, all ranked teams at the time of those games. Uh, Noel is doing an outstanding job running the offense, really sharing the ball. And, uh, I mean, we, we joked about it in the preseason, but I think it's kind of proven true. Like, Jerome Tang is – kind of pulling a Tommy Lloyd, like longtime proven established assistant head coach gets his shot at a a power program and just hits the ground running. It's working. Whatever he's doing is working. The offense has been humming these last two games, Uh, 116 points, like you mentioned, and then 97 in an overtime win at Baylor. Arguably two of the toughest games you'll have on the road. I mean, if Iowa State continues to play like they are, Hilton is always a beast to play at, and then Allen Fieldhouse is is crazy difficult. But you're going up against one of the best defensive teams in the country in Texas, and then just plain and simple, one of the best teams in the country in Baylor. And you're able to just dominate, thoroughly dominate, in terms of uh, your offensive output. So Kansas State got a lot to look forward to, a lot of – a lot of positivity. Hopefully we are not the kiss of death again this week for the Wildcats. But Noel, huge, huge, huge games. 23, 36, and 32 points to go along with 10, 9, and 14 assists. Absolute stud he has been this year. Uh, I think it's his second year at K-State coming over from Little Rock. Yeah, it's all you can ask for from a lead guard. Um, just putting up monster numbers game after game. And again, yeah, just underscoring how deep – the Big 12 conferences, just a team that, that really no one expected anything from. A lot of new pieces, a lot of uh, question marks, especially a guy like Keontae Johnson. How is he going to perform coming back um, after his health issues? He has been very good. Um, but, yeah, Noel has been the, the heartbeat of the team and uh, really, really playing exceptionally well uh, to start this season. The... Uh, Point of order, though, uh, they are one of the luckiest teams in the country, according to Ken Palm. Um, yes. So we'll see. Uh, the, the other team they're right next to, I actually wanted to shout out as well, Iowa State, um, mm-hmm. who is still doing the damn thing. Um, also winning on the road. Kind of kind of the theme here so far. It's like if you can win road games in the Big 12, you're going to put yourself in an outstanding position. It's something that yeah. Bill Self has talked about before, um, just like – we know we're going to win pretty much all of our home games. Maybe just get like a clean split of our road games will be in exceptional shape. And some of these teams that are coming out of the gate and winning multiple, um, doing themselves a big service. Um, you know, Iowa State just continuing to force turnovers, pressure the ball. Road win at Oklahoma, not going to jump off the page. But again, it is a road win. And then the TCU one was what really impressed me. Um, just- yeah. Both sides of the ball, forced 18 turnovers, um, doing what they do defensively, and then just sharing the ball really well. Uh, Five guys in double figures. 
it's not a team that you can really – I mean, they're, they're not an overly talented offensive team to begin with. Like, they're, they're not going to score 90 a game. It's, it's a defense-first team. But offensively, they do have a good number of guys who can beat you, so you're not able to just specifically game plan around one guy. Um, you know, it's – it's been uh, it's been a great season. I mean, they're they're scrappy. They're going to play every game seemingly within five points, but they they just know how to find a way to win. Yeah, they're getting great production too from there's Holmes and Osuni, who's taken a decreased role going to Iowa State, down from thirty one ish minutes a game to about seventeen, but really doing the dirty work on the inside. A lot of big. Uh, plays offensive rebounds things like that that he brings to the table and then Holmes obviously leading the pack in terms of scoring but they play great defense and that is something that we have seen travel and work well in college basketball it it works on the road especially when your offense isn't clicking necessarily and it works in the NCAA tournament when you need it to the question is can they find the offense if they get into one of these shootouts uh I that remains an open question. I don't think we've seen enough yet to be able to make that judgment, but they will uh, definitely be tested as uh, we move ahead. I think a team like Missouri certainly would be a good litmus test that you see on January 28th. Yeah, I mean, that's this is a team that's going to try to make teams play their style of basketball. Um, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to have to be a bad defensive team like for for them to get into a track meet. Um, but you know, obviously already kind of failed to, to do that against a good offensive team in Iowa earlier this year. Um, but other than that, like, and also the, the St. Bonaventure transfers kind of having a, a reduced role as you were saying, that's probably just what the doctor ordered because Mark mm-hmm. Schmidt was running those guys into the ground. They did not have a bench. They were clearly gassed for much of last year. Um, so yeah. it, it's nice to see a little bit of, of energy come back and provide some more of that uh, interior presence um, and, you know, taking advantage of those limited opportunities. Uh, Providence. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of uh, lucky teams in Kenpom, Providence doing the damn thing again in your conference. They are, they, uh, they are not nearly as lucky as they were last season. They are six and zero in the big East. They continue to play good basketball. They they looked very good against UConn. They struggled for a while with a bad St. John's team. I'm going to come out and say it. St. John's is bad. Um, the most impressive thing is they're doing it without basically one of their big stars from last year, Jared Bynum, who has played okay. He's been decent enough. He does a lot of other things aside from score, but last year was really his scoring that helped and took off. They've got a National Player of the Year candidate in Bryce Hopkins right now. Devin Carter has been awesome. Ed Croswell up there with Nate Watson for one of their best bigs in recent memory, which is is saying a lot because Watson was very good. And then the bench, when they need it, they they just find ways to score off the bench. It's Ed Cooley's a great coach. I don't I don't know that there's uh, any arguing that at this point. He continues to get way more out of his roster than he probably should. The offense looks great. Defensively, they need a little work, but if they're scoring and they can rebound, which they can do with the best of any team in the Big East, they're going to be a very, very tough out. 
Yeah, they had a great transfer haul in the offseason. Not only Hopkins, obviously the headliner, Noah Locke, Devin Carter, um, coming from major conference programs and, and being able to work them together pretty well uh, with, I mean, basically immediate success. There are some bumps in the road in non-conference, but once we've gotten to league play, I've really been cooking. And, you know, we talked about Xavier beating UConn, Providence also beating UConn by double digits. Um, you know, Hopkins was massive in that game. Um, and he, he really brings them the, the star quality player that you, you like to have on your team as we get closer to March um, to, to try to take over some of those games late. But um, yeah, another team that not a lot of people were, were thinking that highly of in the preseason, um, you know, certainly not a team we were mentioning as, as being one of the favorites to win the big East, but yeah, out of the gate, putting themselves in an outstanding position to potentially do so. Something to keep an eye on, just to throw a little jab at the Providence fans. I can't be this nice uh, all the time, but in two of their big home wins uh, against UConn, they were 35 free throw attempts to the Huskies, 19. A huge discrepancy there. And then the double overtime thriller against Marquette, the free throw discrepancy was 49 to 19 plus 30 is just an absolutely insane statistic. Um, but they are getting to the line at will at home and opponents are not take that as you will. I'm just here to read the numbers. That is uh, quite a telling statistic. Uh, who, who do you have for a, uh, another winner? I'm who wearing it. Tennessee is another winner. Uh, the Vols look every bit a contender and a front runner in the sec right now that they and Alabama, it seems to be a, I won't say a two horse race because there are definitely teams still in it and it's very early in play, but they look locked in defensively. The offense has started to come back dropping 87 against a very good defensive team in Mississippi state was very impressive. And then they go on the road and absolutely bamboozle South Carolina, who isn't great, but they've got some, some decent pieces. Um, It's, it was a good week, exactly what they needed against the middle tier of the league. Now they get Vanderbilt. Kentucky is a wounded animal, to put it nicely. And then, uh, you know, they've got a lot of tough games later in the schedule, but they can continue to build on this momentum and this offensive efficiency where we, we know what the defense is going to be. Uh, they are number one in Ken Palm defensively by almost three whole points. Um Offensively, they they need a little work. They're in the 30s, but they are looking a lot better on that side of the ball. Oh yeah, beating the beating the heck out of you know teams you are better than always is a good thing. Um, you know, Mississippi State is a team that that had a good start to the season, maybe a little bit of fool's gold, but certainly a team that was defending really well. Um, Tennessee being able to put up 87 on them is pretty impressive. And then of course, getting some revenge for football season with South Carolina. Yeah. I see the vision there. Um, I'm, I'm still, still very high on the Vols uh, preseason pick to, to win the SEC. Um, it's, it's going to still be a challenge with some of the, the other talented teams near the top, uh, especially Alabama um, looks like the, the biggest challenger so far, but, a lot of other good teams we'll see what uh what missouri can do for the rest of the season if they can keep it up but yeah i mean it's it's what we've grown accustomed to uh with tennessee under rick barnes they just defend so well um the question in march is going to be you know 
offense, especially timely offense, situational offense, um, what, what they're able to bring to the table there, but really love their defense, really love their guards. And that's, it's a recipe for success. And they're, I mean, they're showing it right now in, in league play. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was all for me. Do you have, do you have anyone else? Uh, last team, I'm going to give a quick shout out to, I'm going to try and do this every week, some sort of like non-power six team, but uh, Dayton, six straight wins. They're 9-0 at home, 3-0 in the A-10. This is a team preseason that uh, looked to be one of the best non-power teams in the country, team with a lot of returning talent. They look to be getting back on track and, and putting it together to start A-10 play. Deep, tough conference. Going to be a, a lot of battles with teams like St. Louis, the aforementioned St. Bonaventure. Um, George Mason looks to be pretty solid. VCU is always good. There, there are just a lot of solid teams in the A-10. So for them to keep this up, if they can at this pace or at this rate, they should be back not only in the top 25, but the NCAA tournament conversation. Yes, uh, I agree. That being said, I A-10 at large hopes could be – tough this year um yeah i, I think Day- dayton is playing really good basketball right now um taking advantage of, of some conference foes early in the season it was it was rough out of the gate um mm-hmm. same with same with st louis um fordham's a team that uh dayton's going to be playing as we're recording this be very telling for both of them um their their a ten title aspirations but i think this is a dayton team that you know, we expected to win the A-10 in the preseason. I think looking at the current landscape, that is still kind of what, what we think. But I, I think I think there's additional pressure on them to do so um, mm-hmm. because I, I don't know if they really have a, a parachute to, to pull and have a safety net of sorts. But, I mean, th- this, is, this is the best team in the A-10 they're finally starting to realize it and play like it. So that's, that's definitely an encouraging sign. Yeah. I think a a two loss Dayton has a shot at an at large bid. They aren't too far out there in the sixties right now. And net, you have to assume winning all those games will put you much higher. If you're there in the forties, they've got a a very good opportunity for sure. And they've been the only hope they they've been defending a lot better and, I, I think we're in the position where A-10 teams can play their way into an at-large bid, um, but I, I don't think anyone would be there right now uh, with how it stands. Yeah, definitely not. Losers. Uh, I mean, Duke is, uh, is an interesting case study. Year one post-Coach K. Um, just a complete and utter embarrassment against... NC State's barely getting by Boston College, uh, just somehow still ranked. I really don't think they should be, and mm-hmm. it's been it's been a struggle to get production out of some of these highly touted freshmen. And with Jeremy Roach's health issues, that becomes an even bigger problem. Yeah, I was actually going to raise it to the entire ACC, the top yeah. of the league. Virginia loses to Pitt. Miami loses to Georgia Tech. Clemson is sitting atop the league at 5-0. and Like, what, what is happening here? Uh, it's, it's been ugly, I think, all around for the ACC. Duke really probably should have lost that game to Boston College. They were lucky to get out of 
uh, out of there alive. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like the same old issues. They're not a great shooting team. We've, we've seen this time and time again. They can fall in love with it a little too much, and then they don't have that lead guard right now who can run the offense and, and keep them under control. They're turning it over a ton. They don't foul too much, at least haven't recently, but they you turn the ball over, you miss threes. You're giving teams opportunity to get out in transition. And even though they are a, an athletic group, they, it, it, you're just giving teams too many opportunities to get easy buckets, and that's where they're getting hurt the most. Yeah, Filipowski's been good, but other than that, I mean, they're they're relying a lot on Ryan Young over uh, Lively, which is not a position you necessarily want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and go back to uh, Clemson for a sec. This is just classic Brad Burnell, uh, right when his seat's yeah. getting especially warm, <laughs> just pulling pulling a great season out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, ACC is overall in pretty bad shape. The upsets you mentioned, only one team in the top 15, like the Big Ten, who we have established is not a good basketball conference this year. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's it's been a stretch of pretty rough regular seasons for the ACC. There there have been some, some good surprising tournament runs um, by ACC teams as low seeds, but I think anyone, anyone can agree it's been uh, – it hasn't been to the level – that we had grown accustomed to um, for several years now. Yeah, not to mention North Carolina, preseason number one, yeah. floundering right now, although play, they, they have one a little back better. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just staying on the precipice of, uh, of relevance. They're, they're doing some things, but... They don't the, have a road win yet. Yeah, then the opportunity for marquee wins is lessened in this year's yeah. ACC. Big so time. They will probably not be number one again this year. That's my that's my bold prediction. Brave of you. Who's another loser you've got? Uh, I had just the Big Ten again. I, I was just going to highlight that fact. Ohio State had a rough week. Rutger loses at home to Iowa. Indiana has struggled. All of a sudden, Northwestern is now sitting with Michigan State, Michigan, and Wisconsin at three and one right behind Purdue. I don't think Michigan state is that great this year. I don't think Michigan is very good this year. Penn state, a team that we both liked and thought would be, you know, catching fire right about now, taking advantage of a weaker big 10 is struggling. They've lost their last two. Maryland picked up a big win. Like Illinois is one and three in the big 10 right now. And their only win is against Wisconsin. It's, it's all ass backwards in the Big Ten. It makes no sense. Um, and I'm not convinced that any of these teams can make a run past the Sweet 16. No, I, I think it's going to be, you know, the, the over-under is going to be set at 0. 0.5 uh, for how many second weekend teams we have. Pretty much any team yeah. you, you look at in this conference has a pretty glaring flaw. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Purdue over-reliance on Zach Eby, Ohio State, team we thought could challenge just has no interest in playing defense um and that's yeah. that's really just not gonna fly in the big time like they they might be more iowa than iowa is this year they're certainly better offensively um but just too many times there there is no there's no buying defensively uh, don't worry iowa is still worse on that side of the ball but 
Ohio State is so good offensively that they should be better overall. Um, they, like, you know, the the freshmen, especially Sensabaugh, have been yeah. immediate impact um, and, and really given a, a big boost. But with too many possessions where the the buy-in on, on the defensive side of the ball is just not there. Um, you know, Illinois going through a a crisis in the locker room, turning around and beating uh, the eventual Big Ten champions, Wisconsin, albeit without Tyler Wall, but you know, I've, they're they're having conversations now uh, with Terry Weimer, he's now the the head of officiating, I believe, to to just try to let's let's have a a league that is not tackle basketball, which is what a lot of these teams want to play. That's what Wisconsin, yeah. Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, I would say the current iteration of Maryland probably wants to play uh, because yeah. they're they're not going to get too many wins otherwise. Um, Northwestern to a lesser extent. Northwestern just presses and defends very well. I will say, offensively, they're still a dumpster fire. But when they come out, you know, through their first ten made field goals, shooting seventy percent as they did against Indiana on Sunday, then you know they're going to get some wins that way. But overall, right. very bad offensive team. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think this guy is falling for Indiana yet. Um, I think the the injuries have just come at, at very inopportune times to key players. Trying to find, uh, you know, some guys in, in newer roles. Like, it's it's a two-man game right now between Hood Shafino and, and Trace Jackson Davis. Just need someone else to consistently produce outside of them, which is what Thompson and, and Xavier Johnson both did really well. I mean, the positive has got to be that Hood Shafino looked great against Northwestern. He, yeah. He's really coming into his own right now and, and giving a viable option at guard for Indiana. Yeah, it's so appropriate that Trey Galloway's last second half-court three banked in to make it a one-point <laughs> loss because there, there were two fouls in that game that I was just losing my mind at where there was, like, they, they showed the replay, literally zero contact between Indiana and the Northwestern player shooting the ball and four points out of there. Um, you know, other things went wrong, but that was especially frustrating, but... Right. Yeah, I mean, Hutchifino is definitely him, as the kids say. Um, so, so that's good. There have been more hyped uh, freshman guards that did not produce as much, but he's been he's been scoring. It's been distributing. Just needs yeah. uh, just needs some help. Yeah, that was exactly my thought. That there was uh, someone in recent memory that maybe didn't pan out as as expected, yeah. and Hutchifino has gone the quite the opposite way. Yeah, but that guy that guy was injured in Archie Miller, so that's we'll yeah. never know. Uh, but, Very sad. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's it's bad out there right now. Like the Big Twelve is clearly the best conference in America. Um, yeah, I, I think there are things that you can point at in all the other conferences. Uh, certainly, the the Power Six that are less than savory. Um, like we haven't even talked about Arizona dropping a game at home to Washington States, who yep. is not the Washington State team of last year that I was so high on. Um, but, you know, there's there's some cause for concern there, obviously. You know, the likes of Kentucky, Auburn, um, floundering in the SEC, Arkansas missing some key contributors and threatening to uh, send their season sideways. So, yeah, there's a... Uh, a lot of bad vibes out there, naturally, yeah. I will say. <laughs> Big time. 
Uh, I mean, I I just Indiana was my other loser. We already talked about them. Do you have uh, anyone else? I had the quick mention of Arizona. Just they're too good to be losing that game. And yeah. then Baylor's zero and three start in the Big Twelve. Um, it's a great league, like we've talked about. There, we really don't need to go any deeper on this, but they're they're better than that. They they should be. <laughs> they should not be zero and three at this point. Yeah, I mean. It's it's Arizona's guard play too, which which we knew. Like their yeah. their uh, bigs are so good compared to just about everyone they play. Like I, I love the way Tubelis plays, and it's it's pretty much you know thirty five and twenty between him and Balo every time they yeah. step out on the court. But then you have the the Kirikrizas of the world, um, you know, just doing Marshall Henderson stuff while shooting zero for nine, and and then like oh, how did we lose these games? Um, so the, the lack of balance, um, obviously every team would like to have a player like this, but if you throw, you know, a a Ben Matherin with this current lineup, things look a lot better. Um, you'd say say the same with uh, Malachi Branham at Ohio state, but, um, that's, they, they are definitely missing a guy like that, uh, because the perimeter guys, you know, Larson has been inconsistent, Kreese is inconsistent, Courtney Ramey has struggled with consistency as well. So there, there's really not a guy out there outside of those two bigs that, you know, you can count on for, you know, perimeter shooting or just general support. Um, Cause you know, teams are going to want to collapse in on Tubelis and Balo. So that's, that's something I would be concerned about. Um, you know, Arizona is still very, very good, but this is just not a game you should be losing at home and like rather comfortably too. Yeah, especially considering that the the strength of Washington State is their interior. Yeah, Gaia is their best player by quite a bit, and he had a, a great game. But even so, he is neutralized completely by Tubelis. 29-14 versus 24-14. At that point, yeah, player for player, player, guard for guard, Arizona's got to win that, and they just did not. Yeah, it, it's an outlier because normally you'll just yeah. out and out dominate inside. But even that, like you have more talent on your roster. You should be okay with that, especially at home, but right. I suppose not. All right. So with that, we are officially, officially, officially done with college football uh, for like the fourth time this season. Um, But have no fear. We are just, Less than two months away from March, it is already that close. Um, So college basketball is going to kick into overdrive. Um, There are a lot of games every night after we took last night off for the national championship game. But very exciting um, to see if our teams can turn it around and also, you know, the the fate of several others. But we'll be back here next time to, to break it down. So we will talk to you then.